Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the adventure, Take with, the adventure us. with us. With us. With us. With us. With us. With us. And welcome everyone to the 34 Circe Salon. This is the Parallax Channel. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb, and today will be Classical Studies 101. We're continuing on with the Iliad. We're coming down the home stretch. It'll be chapter 21 today. Um, first, though, as always, if you would be so kind to give us a nice rating or leave us a nice comment on whatever platform you are using to listen to us, we'd really appreciate it. So today it will be chapter 21 and how could we possibly have any kind of a journey or understanding into that chapter without the help of our old pal, the one, the only, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Okay. I've left you speechless. Okay. Okay. Th thanks. It's uh, great to be back. All right. Excuse me. So tell us... Um, when last we left, we were at, uh, we'd uh, had Achilles facing off against Aeneas and then Hector. So we were about to get into the big, you know, the main event, like on a fight card, yeah. the top of the fight card. <clears throat> so uh, tell us a little bit about, just give us a quick recap of Chapter 20 and uh, launch us right into Chapter 21. Uh, <clears throat> well, um yeah, I mean, that, what you said is a pretty good summary, really, of the chapter. But Hector is uh, taken away. They, they don't have their uh, final uh, duel, you know, in that chapter. That comes later. Uh, <clears throat> what chapter 21 is about, and again, I'm reading from this um, early translation, which I like, of uh, Andrew Lang, Walter Leaf, and Ernest Myers, 1883, from Harvard. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have a little synopsis at the uh, beginning of each chapter. <clears throat> and chapter 21, they have how Achilles fought with the river and chased the men of Troy within their gates. And that, that is a pretty good uh, summary. You know, it's, it's amazing to think about. I've never commented on it on uh, all the times you've brought it up. But, you know, you're using commentary from over almost 140 years ago. Isn't it interesting how we can still, you know, rely on the the – the insights of those scholars from so long ago, and they can still talk to us through the ages. It's one of the wonders. It's what makes literature so wonderful and the study of it so wonderful. We can, it's like we can have a dialogue with people long gone. We can talk across time. Yeah. I, I, I like your comment very much because, uh, you know, they all contributed to uh, the Homeric studies and I think in a, in a very good way. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. Okay. So what happens in chapter 21? <clears throat> so anyhow, I'll, I'll, I'll read the beginning. Uh, again, I'm reading from uh, Robert Fagel's uh, translation of the Iliad. Uh, and again, he uh, he labels the chapter, Achilles fights the river. I mean, that, on the face of it, it sounds strange, but that's what happens. Mm -hmm. How can you fight a river? Uh, but anyhow, Homer's talking about uh, the... Uh, the Greeks, you know, led by Achilles. Mm -hmm. Once they reached the river, 
the strong whirling Xanthus. That's the name of the river, the Xanthus. Mm-hmm. Uh, spelled X-A-N-T-H-U-S. What's what's the uh, the terrain like there? So they land. Obviously, their ships are they they come in from the sea uh, yes. into the black. Uh, I assume the Black Sea, or are we talking the Aegean? No, no, no. Where no. are they? It's the Aegean Sea. The Aegean Sea. Okay, and so they're in the they're, sea. And where's the river? How far is the river from? The well, let, let me explain the terrain. Sure. You just asked. Um, uh, you know the <clears throat> waterway that that the. Um, Turks call the Dardanelles, or a lot of people call the Dardanelles. It's mm-hmm. a waterway between <clears throat> the Aegean and the Black Sea. Right. Uh, but the, the Greeks call it the Hellespont. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at the opening there, entrance to that waterway from the Aegean was the city of Troy. Ah, okay. And it was uh, situated um, what they call the Trojan Plain, and on that plain, uh, the river Xanthus flows through it. And uh, the citadel, the upper part of Troy is on a little hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been there. I've made a pilgrimage to Troy. Uh, but around it is flat, you know, going down to the river. Um, and so that's what Homer is talking about here. So it's it just in terms of uh, of a settlement, it seems like a really wonderful location because you've got – the sea, you've got, well, the Aegean and the Black Sea, and you've got rivers, so you've got fresh water. So you've got a really great uh, location to really have a, a an abundant uh, settlement, right? Yes, and that's why I think Troy, uh, you're right, and that's why I think Troy prospered. It became very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the real reason the Greeks attacked Troy. I don't think it was Helen, although, you mm-hmm. know, it, it sounds romantic, it sounds dramatic, uh, you know, it's it sounds great, but I mean, the real reason I think was economics, as most wars are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can always have. I mean, there's what what happens as we see in the modern world and over the last century. You can find a reason that you can drum up a reason to justify your economic grab, your economic power grab. Right? We see it all the time, especially within the, the Middle East. You know, there's some reason, but really, it's about oil. But they'll say it's about something else, right? Well, and look, look what's going on right now between Russia, you know, and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, Putin wants Ukraine to be part of his empire, but also they have resources there, so it's it's partly economics again. Right, right. As as is often the case. Okay, so now we've got and, the Greeks you know, there. They're, uh, you know, all the time they're talking about uh, are the Russians going to invade Ukraine and. President Biden says they probably are, and now I heard, I heard this morning they got 190,000 troops uh, poised on the borders of Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, and they said if he does, it's going to be the largest military uh, conflict since World War II in Europe. Which would is one of the things that the modern uh, alliance was trying to avoid. Yes, uh, but and again, it's interesting because you know as we talk about this particular um, war, the Trojan War, we we. Very early on, you did the catalog of ships and the alliances that were involved. So often these wars, because of the nature of the European continent, and even into what was called Asia Minor then, but is still uh, right near Europe, the idea of having all these different nations and tribes get pulled into a conflict, it's never just as simple as two nations going at it, but other nations get pulled in, and that's, of course, the fear right now. 
Well, they, so, they didn't really have nations in those days. Um, well, you know what I mean? But that we yeah. that's what we have now. But their tribes, their alliances, their city-states, all of them get pulled in. Yeah, they're city-states. I mean, right. Troy was a city-state. It, <clears throat> it controlled a, a pretty big area, but it was really a major trading center. Right. And also, what the Greeks didn't like is that because uh, they controlled the entrance to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Hellespont, that uh, goes to the Black Sea and to other Greek colonies there, uh, they were charging the Greeks, you know, uh, a fee to go through there. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the Greeks really resented it, you know, so that's, that's part of the motivation. Right. And so, all the, and so again, the, the Trojans pull in their allies, the Amazons, of course, among them. Yeah. Uh, but again, these conflicts pull in other groupings, nations, tribes, city-states, however they get pulled in. And, we, and they still do to this day, and a lot of it's because of the nature of the terrain there, too. There's so many different uh, kinds of people close, you know, close together. So what happens now? So we've got Achilles. Okay, you so know, Achilles is leading it, mm-hmm. so let me read the uh, introduction. Sure. <clears throat> and uh, again, that's Robert Fagel's translation. Um, but once they reach the river, the strong whirling Xanthus, sprung of immortal Zeus, you know, Zeus, the king of the gods. Achilles split the Trojan route, driving one half back towards the city, scattering up the plain, where the uh, Achaeans or the Greeks themselves had uh, stampeded off in terror just the day before when Hector raged unchecked. Now back in her tracks, the Trojans fled pell-mell, while Hera, you know, the queen of the gods, spread dense clouds ahead to block their way because Hera's supporting the Greeks. Mm-hmm. But the other half, I mean, the other half of the <clears throat> uh, Trojans were packed in a silver whirling river. Into its foaming dust they tumbled, splashing, flailing, the plunging river roaring. Men screamed, swimming wildly, spinning round in whirlpools. So in other words, they're they're drowning in the river, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, and then and then Achilles charges at, at the Xanthus swirling currents. So he, he um, so he attacks the river, if you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the god sprung hero, meaning Achilles, uh, uh, leapt into the leapt like a frenzied god, his heart racing with slaughter, whirling in circles, slashing hideous groans. He's attacking the, the Trojans in the river. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, and then uh, it said, but soon Achilles grew arm-wearing from killing, if you can imagine. And uh, so 12 young Trojans, he rounded up from the river, took them alive as a blood price for Patroclus's death. And so the number 12 was, I keep saying, is a sacred symbolic number, mm-hmm. and it appears here again. And later on in the next chapter, he's going to be sacrificing those 12 young Trojans. Okay, so so we've got Achilles moving. So what mostly unfurls in this chapter? Is it really, is this kind it's, of it's a, really, a uh, staging? Achilles attacking the river and then the gods attacking each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you so, know, he, uh, and then it says next, you know, he 
he meets a number of Trojans. He meets uh, Lycaon, um, another son of uh, Priam, King Priam of Troy, and so on. Mm-hmm. And um, he meets another one. He, he kills him. He meets another one, uh, Ection. Uh, and, um, you know, he just goes on, uh, you know, attacking and attacking. So what's going on with the gods? Can you say a little bit more about that? How are they uh, attacking each other? How is that coming about? In what way are they attacking each other? Uh, <clears throat> In other words, is this, is this they're just choosing sides and they're picking, moving pieces around like players, moving their pieces on a board? Are they going at each other directly? Can you give me a little bit more about what the gods are? Yeah, okay, okay, I'll I'll, I'll get to that. Um, And, um, but anyhow, he's, uh, but first he's dealing with the river, okay? Okay, sure. And um, so, uh, so anyhow, the, uh, the swirling river takes a man's shape, if you can imagine. Hmm. And uh, its voice breaking out of the whirlpool. Stop, Achilles, greater than any man on earth. Greater than outrage, too, for the gods themselves are always at your side. And he says, but if Zeus allows you to kill off all the Trojans, drive them out of my depths, at least, I ask you. All my lovely rapids are crammed with corpses now. No channel in sight to sweep my currents out the sacred sea. I'm, I'm choked with corpses, and still you slaughter more. You blot out more. Leave me alone. Have done, Captain Varmies. I am filled with horror. This is an incredible image. Choked with corpses. Yeah. And then uh, talking about Achilles as a breakneck runner, uh, pause to answer. So be it, <coughs> Scamander. That's another name for Xanthus, is Scamander River. Mm-hmm. So be its commanders sprung from Zeus, as you command, but I won't stop killing these overweening Trojans, not till I packed them in their walls and tested Hector, strength against strength. He kills me or I kill him. And then um, down in the Trojan front, he swept like something superhuman, and now from the deep worlds, the river roared to Apollo. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so Achilles is talking to him, disgrace, god of silver-born bow and born of Zeus. You throw to the winds the will of, of uh, Cronus's son and so on. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyhow, when Apollo heard that Achilles uh, plunged into the river's heart, the river charged against him. But the commander heaved him up. And but thrashing Achilles' shoulder, Raised the, the commander raises a killer wave and slams it against Achilles' shield. Achilles dashed for the plain, his feet flying in terror, but the great god would not let up, hurling against him. Commander looming with a murderous breaker, dead set on stopping a brilliant Achilles' rampage here. But the hero sprang away, swooping fast as a black eagle, the strongest and swiftest bird. Again and again, the mighty crest of the river, you know, came battering down on his shoulders and so on. So the river is chasing him off. So they, so Homer has made, well, I won't just say Homer, but the, the myth, the story, the mythology is the, the river has its own anthropomorphic uh, construct. And so it's now it's the, the river literally 
pushing back against the great warrior, pushing him out of the way because he's he is his rampage is leaving the river as it's as it's described choked with corpses. So the river is trying to move him off. Yeah. Apollo is part of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we had talked about last time which gods were on which sides, and I believe we we talked about Artemis. Of course, was with the. And we get to give her another and then, and uh, then, shout out. Yeah. Uh, and her twin brother is Apollo. So Artemis is with the Trojans. Artemis is with the Amazons who are with the Trojan. Yeah. Apollo is also on their side, correct? On the Trojan side. Yes. And so now we see the sort of gods moving in action. Uh, so then, you know, Achilles thinks he's going to drown, you know, uh, quote, a wretched death. I'm doomed to suffer trapped in this monstrous river like some boy. But quick to his cry, Poseidon and Athena moved in close, stood his shoulder now, taking human form, grasped him hand to hand. And they say, courage, Achilles, not a pair like us to urge you on. Gods and arms sent down from Zeus's blessing. I and Athena, it is not your fate to be swallowed by a river. With that so challenge, now we, we, we see the gods coming around now. So now it's kind of shaping yeah. out the question I asked you, how the gods and with come that, into play. Okay. So he, Homer says, with that challenge, both gods soaring, uh, soared home to to uh, Olympus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it goes on like that. So he knows it's not, I mean, because obviously he knows his fate. He is going to have a short and glorious life. And we know part of, we know his fate too, because of the way he was dipped in the river. It's his heel. That was exposed. So we sort of know the river is what we we do know. Really, the river is not going to be what kills him. But in this section, it's reinforced by Homer that that's not the way you're going to die, Achilles. Um, the river is not what you need to fear. <clears throat> yeah, but it, you know it's dramatic having a river attack mm-hmm. one guy. You know. Sure, sure. And then, uh, and then uh, Hera. You know, she's a big supporter of Achilles, also. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hera screamed out, dreading he might be swept away by the giant churning river, and quickly cried to the god of fire. Now that's Hephaestus. Now he's the one that, uh, you know, has the ham, uh, anvil and, and uh, hammer, you know. Mm-hmm. It's called Vulcan also. Like it's our, called Vulcan by the Romans. Like our Mr. Spock. And uh-huh. we, we had a great uh, chapter we talked about where he built, uh, he made some amazing armor for Achilles. Yes. And um, and he, he makes the palaces for the gods. He makes their weapons. He makes the jewelry for them, for the goddesses and so on. Anyhow, he's a god of fire. So Hera calls on him in that capacity. Two arms, my child, god of the crooked legs. So that they're saying he's handicapped, which he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, in other words, he says, "You're a worthy match for the whirling river Xanthus." So, anyhow, at Hera's command, Hephaestus launched uh, an inhuman blaze. First, he shot flames that burned the plain, and so on. So he he burns up the river with his flames. Mm. And so, the god of fire also devoured the dead, and so on, blazing in all his glory. Um, and so he's talking about uh, all these things are uh, burning and so on, but he, he does, uh, you know, affect the river. So he sets fire to the, so he sets fire to the corpse. So the blaze comes across the river. He sets fire to that's the pretty, river. It says, that's, that's, a, that's an incredible fire. That's quite a, quite a blaze. Break, breaking the surface left and right in a sheen of fire 
gasping under the master smith's Hephaestus blast, and now the river's strength was burning out. Wow. Okay. And the river uh, yelled out the God's name, Hephaestus, stop. Not a single God can stand against you. No, not I. I can't fight such fire, such fury. Hold, hold your attack. Stop. Brian Achilles can drive them out of uh, Troy now, and so on, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyhow. It, uh, it, to me, it always strikes me, it's an, it's an, both accepting the mythology, we've talked about this in the, many of the most recent episodes about embracing the divinity of these stories and the gods, and that they're important to, to keep in mind, that the gods are an essential part of these stories. You can't just remove them. But it's, what's also interesting to me is the fact that it's a, it's a great way to show the divine uh, origin of, of, you know, natural phenomena, natural events. You know, the, the, the fire sets through. That was sent by Hephaestus. Uh, the river is a force of its own, and it lashes against the men. So it's a beautiful. I mean, what Homer is doing is really, just from a literary standpoint, really a beautiful and amazing. Um, and it's a subtlety that clearly affects literature for the next 3,000 years. You know? Oh, yeah. And then um, uh, Hera, the queen of gods, finally tells Hephaestus, stop, stop my glorious blazing boy, and so on. And so she, she stops him finally after it uh, happens. I mean, after mm-hmm. he stops the river. And then it says, Zeus, the king of gods, heard the chaos thrown on the Olympus's heights and laughed deep in his own great heart, delighted to see the gods engage in all-out conflict. That says something about Zeus, who where, you know I'm not a particular fan of, and we've talked about him before. Yeah. But he's just delighting in watching this this chaos and this conflict. Yeah, both with the humans and with his uh, fellow yeah. gods. Yeah. yeah. And so Zeus heard, um, uh, so Ares, um, you know, is, is attacked by Athena. Ares is a god of war, and he's attacked by mm-hmm. Athena. Mm-hmm. Who, as you always point out, is the goddess of... She's Among a, other things. She's a goddess of um, wisdom and defensive war. Defensive war, yeah. So I wanted to bring that up because she pointed that out. Defensive war in her case. So anyhow, you know, Ares... But, no, but you're saying she attacks him. So that's interesting. She's the goddess of defensive war and she goes on attack. Yeah, she goes on the attack on, on this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Ares tries to uh, attack her, but, you know, she says, colossal fool never occurred to you, not even... Now, when you match your strength with mine, just how much greater I, I am than you, you know? And then it says, Triumphant Athena turned away. Aphrodite, daughter of Zeus, took Ares' hand. See, Aphrodite supported the uh, Trojans. Mm-hmm. And she she takes uh, she had an affair with Ares, even though she's married to Hephaestus. <laughs> right, right. Well, she that there was a lot of scandal, and she's the goddess of love and sex and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, so she okay. leads Ares, quote, off the field. And then Athena's heart uh, leapt high, and she charged at Aphrodite, overtook her, and beat her breast with her clenched fist. Wow. Well, that's a pretty brazen attack. I mean, yeah. uh, okay. And then as Athena bonded, white-armed Hera smiled, put the mighty god of earthquakes, challenged uh, Apollo, and so on. So they're they're attacking each other, you know. Yeah. So the, and much to Zeus's delight, right? Right. 
And it also mentions, with that, he turned and filled with shame to grapple his own father's brother hand to hand, but his sister, I mean Apollo, but his sister Artemis, huntress, queen of the beast, invade against him now with stinging words. So the immortal archer, meaning Apollo, runs for his dear life, turning over victory to Poseidon, giving him all mm-hmm. the glory without a fight. Why do you sport that bow, you spineless fool? So and so she's exhorting him to fight on. Well, that's she's calling her her twin out at that point. Right. Called him a spineless fool. Um but then a, and, Apollo again, flies it is, it into a rage against it, his sister sorry, and all that. Uh, he calls her a shameless bitch. Who wait, who does Apollo calls Artemis a shameless? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's this crescendo is happening with the gods, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Homer is with Homer's brought us all the way through to this chapter. We've only got a couple more three more chapters left after this. And now this crescendo. Now the gods have kind of like they're in flame. So the Greeks and Trojans are about, about to really let loose. The gods are, are are lifting up. They're in you know inflamed, enraged, they're going at each other and even calling each other really bad names. So, so what happens after that? So Apollo okay, well, is now well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apollo returns to Troy and so on. And wait, uh, he calls he just he calls his sister a name, but he doesn't go back to the fight, or he does go back to the fight. No, he doesn't. Boy, that's pretty. That is pretty. You know, but on, uh, more of a, but of a on the dog, uh, right? uh, Poseidon built God built heights of Troy stood aged Priam. He saw the monsters Achilles racing on before him and so on. Mm-hmm. And his Trojans whipped in headlong flight. Uh, so the king cried out and clambered down to the ground from the high tower, issuing quick commands uh, to veteran gateway guards beside the wall. Spread the, the, the great gates wide, all hands now, till our routed troops are, can struggle back into Troy and so on. So they, they returned to, to Troy. Okay. And how does it end? How do we, since we're coming up to our um, the end of our segment, okay. how does that chapter end? Um, and um, so it's, it's talking about, you know, Achilles uh, attacking on, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's, got, he's got the Trojans on the run. Achilles is going at him. The gods are fighting. Yeah, he, he's um, fighting another son of, of, uh, of King Prime uh, Agenor. Mm-hmm. And Agnor tells him, uh, uh, surely you must have hoped with all your heart, the great, glorious Achilles, that you would raise the proud Trojan city this very day. You fool. You will have plenty of pain to suffer for her sake. We have fighting men by the hundreds still inside her, forming a wall before our loving parents, wives, and sons to defend Troy, where you rush on to meet your doom, so he's predicting his doom, where you re- rush on to meet your doom, headlong man as you are, breakneck man of war. He hurls his spear at Achilles, but of course he, he misses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and then uh, Achilles attacks Agenor, but Apollo refused to let him seize the glory, meaning to kill Agenor, and he whisked Agenor off wrapped in a swirl of mist. And that's how it ends. Wow. Okay, so we... Things are heating up to a fever pitch, and we clearly are coming to the end of many of the characters that we're talking about, or some of the characters that we're talking about. Um, 
that we've discussed, the Achilles and Hector, all these great um, iconic, you know, uh, beings and characters from literature. So we're we're about to see it reach its apex. So we are at chapter 21. We just finished. We'll be going to chapter 22. There are 24 chapters in the Iliad. So the and time again, is right. Uh, excuse me, I'm... Just mm-hmm. want to mention it's uh, it's no mistake that there's 24 chapters. It's just like there's 24 chapters of the Odyssey, even though mm-hmm. the Odyssey's uh, you know fewer lines, many lines fewer. You know, right? Because you're saying that there is a the, the there's symbolism. About, there's about the sixteen thousand lines of poetry in the Iliad, and only twelve thousand in the Odyssey. Yet they have the same number of books, twenty-four. So, which indicates to you there's a reason to make I, that I think it's books. because uh, 24 is double the sacred number 12. Right. Well, we've talked about that for those listening. We have uh, an episode on the symbolic sacred number that Gary has talked about his theory on it, and that's earlier in our podcast. You can go look through our podcast listing and find it. Uh, for now, we'll give you a little more info on that each time it comes up, and we will give you... The last three chapters coming up next. So right now, let's give a big round of applause, a big thanks to Dr. Gary Stickle. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. It's been great, as usual. And as always, uh, this is the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel. We have been talking Classical Studies 101, the Iliad, Chapter 21. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. Thank you for listening, and God bless.